Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. I don't know why I lower my voice every time I do that, but it's fun. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Today, I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Bob Landham with me today. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, man. Looking forward to it. Hey, Bob, uh, for everybody out there that's watching and listening and kind of don't know your story and kind of how you got started in the industry, I thought it'd be fun just to kick off today's podcast with an origin story. So, Bob, what is the origin story of how you got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, I have a simple story uh, and one that I'm always open and honest about, which is uh, I graduated school, but I was dating a, a woman in school whose parents owned a number of dealerships. And when I graduated, I had the fortune ability to 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 go into their one of their stores, Toyota of Sarasota, and and I was a sales, you know, I I sold on the floor just like just like anyone else, and um, I also ended up. Uh, working in the F&I department as an F&I manager. But, you know, one of the privileges of, of being a part of the family is they allowed me to go through a lot of the education that Southeast Toyota offered, which was top notch and I'm sure still is. So, uh, I, and they were fantastic at doing a numbers of training, right? Whether it was digital training, F&I training, I, I spent weeks down in Fort Lauderdale. So um, that's how I got into the business and that relationship didn't work out. And that's this was right uh, right around 2000 when when the internet thing was becoming a thing and and I tried to start a couple internet businesses which were probably dumb and, and didn't work out but long story long I ended up at Microsoft when CarPoint was a, an actual uh, site that turned into MSN Autos uh, and then I went to Yahoo Autos and they were big portals so, so after we got beyond selling what we called the in-market uh, properties. We got into lifestyle properties. And from there, I went to Hulu and 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 uh, here I am at, at Facebook. So I'm curious, like, how did you get tapped on the shoulder from Facebook? Like, what was that conversation like? You know, the industry is smaller than you think, uh, especially when you're in Detroit, right, where everybody has an office because we have General Motors, Ford and Chrysler, right, right within a circle. But it is still a small industry. So if you do well and, and at least maintain a, a, a somewhat of a positive reputation, next thing you know, you're you'll get the calls that 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 you need. So uh, I've been here five and a half years Um and absolutely think we have the 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 number one product in the business and only getting better. You'll see my passion come through as it relates to Facebook and our properties. We're not perfect, um, but I will. Uh, I'm always open minded, willing to learn and listen, and and you know take it take it in, in in house and try to figure out how we can do better. You know what? Facebook has always been a huge part of our marketing efforts. You know, I've you know I our typical dealer will spend probably right around 60% of their digital ad spend on Facebook and Instagram, which is not typically normal. Most dealerships out there are probably spending less than 20% of their ad spend in Facebook and Instagram. And when they do, it's kind of like they're they're sticking the toe in the water to, to feel the temperature or really the worst thing they're doing is they're boosting a post 
Like, I, I have to admit, probably one of the worst things we could have done is adding the boost the post button. It's just like, does that not drive you nuts? I mean, it has to drive you nuts a little bit, doesn't it? Well, and we still have it, right? Know, like, right? <laughs> so it's still a thing uh, and it's gotten easier to boost. But, you know, it, it's interesting. You said, you know, we, we probably spent about 60% now of our budgets on Facebook and, and you know, it probably isn't that way for everybody. I'll tell you, it, 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 it it's becoming more common, you know, uh, where, where, where simply for a number of reasons, dealers are cutting their advertising and marketing and spending more strategically and, and, and wisely or efficiently. And just, just by default, if you're spending whatever it is with us, our, our percentage increases. So um, I will tell you, you're going to see more and more case studies come out from us where we are 40 to 50% of the budget running multiple strategies that can be run on other platforms, but yes. we're running them more cost effectively and more importantly, more effectively. We're giving them higher return. And we can get into examples if you want, but- Well, I think that's good. a great place for us to start is the fact multiple strategies that that that's where let's start right there multiple strategies because I, I honestly you know i consult with a lot of dealerships been been in hundreds and hundreds of dealerships across the country and when they think of facebook and instagram they, they just kind of think of a, a single ad format with a a 500 a thousand dollar ad spend behind it and just kind of like it's almost like they just have they're, they're doing it so they can check out the proverbial box of like yep I did it, you know, but there are so many different layers and targeting options that can create all these different strategies. So let's get into some of those. Obviously, the first one is everybody knows it's all about just, you know, ready to buy, right? Just I'm ready to buy. Let's do that. But you know, what? I think everyone for the most part understands that. So we'll save that for somebody else's podcast. But I think one of the ones that we should talk about is the, the why buy here and how Facebook can really support the brand awareness and why brand awareness is important. I'll, uh, you know what? Let's start there, Bob. Bob, in your thoughts and opinions, why do you feel that brand awareness is important? The why buy here is bar none, the most important strategy a dealer should be running. You have totally now agree. a generation that selects to do business with specific businesses based on what type of business they are, right? Meaning, are they mission driven? Are they charitable? right? What role do they play in the community? And they're willing to pay a premium and that's go do research on that. Go do a, go do a search on any platform you want on related to uh, mission driven companies, people, uh, consumers willing to pay a premium on the type of business they're willing to work with. So it, the why buy here has become the most important uh, strategy a, a dealer could want, mainly because I can travel five miles up the road and buy the exact same car at the exact same price, right? And I probably have five or six different options that, that I can I can choose from. Knowing that I'm going to spend a considerable amount of time with a specific dealer, I want to know who it is. And I'll tell you, I've got on my screen um, right here some stats. And I'll, if you don't mind, I'll show them to you. And, and here's the first oh, question. Oh, please. Absolutely. Let's do it. You know, the leading reasons consumer visit auto dealerships, social media, media profile. You want to, you want to know what it is? What is it? What is it? To see what other people are saying about the dealership. Okay. Makes sense. That makes total Second sense. Second one, which is my favorite to get a sense of what the dealership is like. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like they, they, can make their own, they, they get to make their own impression right out of the gate, you know? A lot of people think that impression happens inside the dealership. That's not the case anymore, man. That impression is happening online. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so those two stats equal 80%. 
So they want to hear what others are saying about the dealership. And then they want to see what that dealership is like. I always tell dealers, let's just focus on the basics, right? Your dealership Facebook page, organic, it's free, it's there. I always say, that is your brand. What you post and what you allow what, what, what you allow your customers to post will define who you are. If you put sale, 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 sale. <laughs> Which you see all the bloody time. <laughs> What do you think you just portrayed to the consumer, which is the second they pull into your store, I always equate it to the in-stores, the second they pull up into your store, the salesperson is going to bust the double doors, run to the car, open up and start yelling and selling. Yep, exactly. Right. And that's not the experience consumers want today. And thankfully, COVID, which, you know, accelerated digital retailing and given another option. Oh, no, no, that's that's a great point is COVID really did that. I mean, I mean, look, as an industry, I think we've had to change our communication and our marketing messages Uh, for years. We've had to change that. But in the last six months, we were almost kind of forced to. But the customer demanded it like the customer demanded. They're like price was not the message that the customer needed to hear. The customer needed to hear a lot more behind uh, operations, a why buy here from an operations perspective as far as safety and concerns go, you know, and also kind of a why buy here when it's like, okay, I'm going to do even more uh, research online and shopping online. Now I really have to make the decision because I'm not going to go to five dealerships before I make a choice. Like It's just because of COVID. Um, I want to go to one location. So I'm going to consume not just information around the product and their promotions and their services, but I'm going to consume information about who they are as an individual. And and that's why I think that's why I think dealerships can get messed up here. They, they, they think that, you know, their brand defines who they are and why someone should do business with them. But it's no, it's who they are, are in, as individuals. I mean, I, I, I was at a dealership the other day, like, oh, Jason, we do this stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's take a look. And it's just, it was picture after picture after picture of just a customer buying a car. I said, okay, I, I, I didn't know you were a car dealership before I clicked on your name. Now I clearly know you're a car dealership. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like, give me more, right? And I find the why buy here has to be a value proposition to the customer, not a value proposition to us. So when we're defining that why buy here strategy, it has to be really, really selfless or selfless. You know, it's like it has to be for the customer, like why they should, not why I think they should. All right. And I'm sure you've seen some amazing examples. of this. So this is where I'm going to go with my next question is, is, is give me maybe two, three examples that you've seen of the best why buy here's out there. Yeah, but before I even get to that, and I'll give you some examples, this is how I always equate it. I, I've met thousands and thousands of dealers and, and dealer principals and second generation, fourth generation, et cetera. And when I get to the why buy uh, uh, section of our presentation, I'll say, raise your hand if your name is on the building, right? And and usually half the room or some one. of the room, raise your hand. <laughs> I'll say, okay, if I if I was a customer of yours, what would I say about your last name? Very good point. That's a great point. Most people have no answer. I said, well, that's your brand. Because you, you you put your brand name, your family name on the building next to a, you know, a very powerful, you know, franchise name. And so, you know, some some of the first of all, delivery photos still work. I, I value delivery photos because they they allow the community to see to see that, oh, I know that person, or I've run into that person, or, or I've seen that person. If they're willing to do business with that, with that business, then maybe I should at least consider it. But very basic why by here is a Facebook live video of a showroom visit of what to expect 
when you come into the store, right? A walk around of the vehicle. Yeah, the experience. Right? Or, like, the actually, actually define the experience. Don't tell me you have a great experience. Show me the bloody experience. Show me the experience. So, And then when I get there, I'm going to remember that video. And so when you follow that experience, I've now gained trust in the first five minutes. Uh, uh, this is what I, uh, well, you've got hours in operations. You've got inventory walk-arounds. You've got showroom visits, right? Why buy here can be, any brand promise you feel you want to give out to the market. It could be we sponsored the local little league, right? Here's the role we play into the community, right? I had one dealer that cleared out their entire parking lot, which is hundreds of cars to hold an outdoor drive-in church on Sunday. See, there you go. That's perfect. That, that it was community-based. It was fantastic. So why buy here? What is bar by far the, most important strategy a dealer has to execute. And what they don't realize with a sales cycle of 60, 70, 90 days, whatever the number it, is. It, yeah, it's probably even longer now because of COVID. Whatever it is, right? You have to tell this. We have a stat and it's not even ours. It's, it's from a third party. 78% of people who are in market to buy a car within the next 90 days do not know where they're going to buy it. Start that advertising. I'll close with this. If no one believes you and I on the importance of brand, I'll close with this. Amazon is, I would probably, I think we all would agree, the largest e-commerce platform out there. Yeah, right? I don't and think the, anyone's going to disagree with that one. Right. Walmart, I know, is is, is picking up steam and, and trying to be, but Amazon is just a, a, the number one e-commerce. They are top five in brand advertising across the country. We call it brand plus DR. Brand drives direct response. That's why it's more important than just focusing on price, 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 inventory, inventory, inventory. They well, can get that. Anywhere. Look, I actually think that's the perfect point. Like anybody out there watching and listening right now and believe that your brand has to do with price, 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 that you can just go ahead and turn off this podcast because uh, you're not going to enjoy anything else that we have to say from this point on. Um, <laughs> but but no, well, like I, people have to ask me all the time, like, how do I define what my brand is? I said, well, it has everything to do except for what your pricing structure is. Okay. So so go deep, deep into that experience. But I find that with the experience, we all say we have a good one, but we don't seem to like operationally actually write out what it is and how it's measured and, and so on and so forth. And it's like that, that's, that's the why buy, like walk me through to you. So to your point, Bob, it's like, walk me through what is going to happen when I come into the dealership. You know, I mean, during, during COVID, I still had to do stuff. I had to go grocery shopping. I had to go down to Home Depot and, you know, I started to buy stuff, but it was great. Every single time I did a transaction with them, they would lay out what my experience was going to be. They're like, you're going to go to this parking spot. And once you get to that parking spot, you're going to call this phone number. And then you're going to talk to one of these people and you're going to give them this number. And there was just going to be like, so like I walked in with it, just a lot of confidence. I was like, all right, this is going to be great. This is easy. They, they, it, they built that out. So I find that uh, a actually writing down the process, because Bob, both of us have been in a lot of dealerships. I mean, everybody says they got an experience, but how many of those dealerships do you actually find it's documented? That's exactly right. Right? Like, but the cool thing is, though, once it's documented, you can hand that process document right over to your agency or your marketing company or whatever the hell you're using, all right, and say, okay, here it is. And that agency can go, oh, okay, so now I just have to creatively depict each one of these steps and 
in that knowledge to the customer that brings value and increases their confidence that they want to come do business with you in the first place. I love the ads during COVID. I hope they continue of the general manager of the store getting in, getting on the screen and saying, hey, we've got a new process because of COVID and or here's this, here's this. My name is Bob Lan. I'm on your general manager. Or, here's my cell phone or email. Feel free to contact me at any time. Right. Like I love those ads. They made it personal and they and 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 they uh you know made it they they took some ownership of it, right? Like this exactly, is my hundred percent. So I'll, I'll finish and sort of the why buy here. But if I was in front of dealers, I always say, you know, I equate the why buy to the meet and greet strategy. Okay. We, we all were trained on the meet and greet strategy. They say the best closers are better openers, right? Because very, very true. People walked in and they already had a negative experience. They were already on edge. They were on guard. This is not going to be fun. Here comes the salesperson, right? Like I'm not going to enjoy this, right? But you had to break that barrier down, right? And that was absolutely. And listen, I, uh, there was not one script I ever got on meet and greet that said, "Hi, welcome to Toyota Sarasota. My name is Bob Landon. Can I have your name, number, email address, and are you going to buy from me today?" No, and you're never going. You're never going to find that, right? Okay. You know what's so funny? I love the fact you brought up the meet and greet. So, you know, for I, my first my my first experience in the business, I was I was a, a young kind of like a, I know better than you kind of you know it's just a typical cocky salesperson getting into the business, and I had this manager. Um, now, of course, it was in the states. I don't think you can get away with this in Canada. But um, you know, you showed up in the morning and you had to verbatim repeat the meet and greet. Otherwise, you didn't get to sell that day. You went home. Now, I don't think we can get away with that up here. But but that was just the norm, right? And for for years, I hated this guy. I was like, this guy's just a dick. Like, he's just up on a power trip. Of course, yeah. now, you know, 18 years later, looking back, and I'm going, you know what? Actually, you know, I know with and experience is hindsight, right? It's like, that guy actually nailed it on the head. That's what it is. Like, it, it just ensured that this, this first impression was consistent every single time. And it's like, we have to have that, but we also have to have that in our marketing. Because I think a lot of times our first impressions are horrible. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying your meet and greet was the first introduction of the brand of the dealership, of the experience, which is why kudos to that GM took it seriously. Like this is how you're going to meet our customers because right then and there, that's the first experience I'm going to have. Well, that first experience is now brought online. Oh it's yeah, a hundred percent. It's the first experience that's now coming online. Like I like right now, strategically, like we probably spend more money, all right, in our allocated Facebook and Instagram budget in that and the why buy here then i'll follow up the secondary message of you know kind of the the ready to buy you know like i want everyone to know our why buy before they know you know what the promotions or the offers or the discounts are and so it's like even the way that we're structuring landing pages and website content and so on and so forth it's it's just that is what the consumer wants to chew on before they hear what your promotions are and that's kind of a fundamental shift, I think, for the industry kind of in general, because we're we're such a, a promotions and price forward, I don't know, industry. Well, I'll tell you my my opinion on that, right? And, and and when you look at most general managers or general sales managers or heck, even dealer principals, they moved up in the ranks of sales, right? They moved that's up. That's a really good point. Mindset yeah. and mentality is a sales-based mind. They're not marketers, which is very different than selling. It's marketing and sales. So I think not to their fault is their their mindset is, we'll get them in the door, put the price down, the price is going to sell the car. Well, maybe that was the case, 
but that case is no longer the case as it is today, right? Like the case as today is, I'm going to select the dealership I'm going to choose for first based off of the type of business they are, right? Like what I said before, charitable, they community ask, are they mission driven, et cetera? Because everybody's running a sale. Everybody has the best price. Everybody, everybody's got something going everybody's on. Everybody's <laughs> got. Now, I'm not saying then specific price-based advertising is not needed, but that's dynamic. Like you oh, set sure. that up one time and you let the system do the work and you go. But to your point, they're not even going to look at that ad until they even consider your dealership and your brand is going to. Yeah, I need them to know who I am as a company, as an individual. You know, I want them to know my why before you know, they decide that, you know, that my pricing structure or what I have to offer the VIN that I have out there is actually the right thing for them, you know, but so, so I think we'll move on from brand because there's, this kind of leans into another thing, which then supports brand as well. And I'm sure Bob, (laughs) you've seen this for years and I have too. this whole idea that we have in this industry of like acquire, 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 like we're like the amount of money that's constantly being dumped in, just dumped in, jumped in, just constantly just to acquire new business, acquire new business. And that's like, we like forget about the, you know, 10,000 VINs or 7,000 VINs or 25,000 VINs that we have, that we have actually done business with. All right. They're, they want to not only just connect to a brand, as well, because that's the glue, right? So the brand is everything. Brand is what brings you into, all right, the funnel, but then also keeping you through the funnel can also be the brand. But then we also have to market to these customers. Like, I don't know why we forgot about retention altogether and it just focused on acquisition. And I know you got some thoughts on this, so I'll let you jam about it for a minute. <laughs> I mean, is loyalty, uh, first of all, loyalty is gone. Right, there is no dealership loyalty. Heck, there's no brand loyalty. Why? There's probably a number of reasons why we we, we could select that. And I know the dealership experience plays a role in brand. For loyalty. sure, hundred percent. Um, so I think maybe the OEMs and the dealers could probably work better together, better together there. But like like you said, right? First of all, loyalty is also their most profitable strategy because it's the back of the store, which is their service base, right? 70, 80 plus percent margins there. So why would we not want to continue to create that I was with a dealer a couple of years ago, and I, again, I always learn from the dealer community, and a lot of what I say is also from my experience, but also what they tell me. And this dealer said, "Listen, if we can get a customer to come into our store that our team sold to, a customer that we sold a car to, to come into our store just twice a year, two oil changes, we have a five-time more likely chance to resell them another car." Well, I'm impressed they even had those stats. That's awesome. I would love to work with that dealership. So, and and let's let's so we talk about loyalty. Usually, CRM remarketing is the loyalty strike. But let's talk about how important CRM remarketing is going to become here in the next year. Now, since Google's going to be Google Chrome's going to be blocking cookies. Yeah, so let's already- right, let's talk a little bit about cookies because I, I know we're going to get deep into this, and I just want to make sure because I know a lot of the people are listening, our managers, and they're thinking cookies, and they're like, "Hmm, chocolate chip or macadamia." Um, so let's. Let's let's kind of lay it up how, you know, as an industry, we've relied on our remarketing efforts for years to bring serious ROI to a lot of our strategies. And that's going to die. And I'll explain. I'll let you explain, Bob, what's what's going to be happening here relatively soon. And actually what just happened recently with Google just started doing it. But we have a little bit more time with Facebook on it. So I'll let you explain. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right, dealers get 
however many people to their website. And, and what you just said, being able to understand who those people are and then remarket to them has proven to be a very sound and strong strategy. Now, some won't realize why I spent all this money to bring them to the dealership website and then I'm spending more money to remarket them, but that, that's another conversation. But nonetheless, remarketing is a very, very strong strategy where uh, you get them to the dealership website and then platforms are able to say, I know who those people are via cookies, which is simply just a, just a code, right? And then I'm going to deliver them another ad once they leave my site at, at some time for, for a period of time. At the moment, from what we understand, and a lot of still is unknown, but your web browsers of Chrome and Safari and Firefox, et cetera, are going to be blocking that are going to yep. be discontinuing the ability to allow platforms to, to remarket against cookies. And to take it a step further, Apple has even taken their iOS 14 software and making it really much harder to be tracked, right? And if you want to be oh, tracked- Oh yeah, like to it's going to be really tough. In. Yeah, you have to opt in to be tracked. And not only that, they're then going to tell you who's tracking you. Right, and they're going to show you how they're tracking you. So I don't have an answer yet on how we are going to do that as Facebook. It is still up in the air. So I have seen others say, oh, we got the solution, this and that. <laughs> I'm the most powerful media platform in the world. I don't know how they're doing it when we don't know how we're going to do it yet, technology-wise well, and more. You know, you know what I think is going to happen, Bob? I and mean, actually, I have, a, I, have a, I have a theory on here, and I'd actually like to get your thoughts on it here, is uh, our creative is going to become more important than it ever has been in the past. Uh, so, you know, in the past... We've been kind of been able to kind of, let's say, half-ass our way through creative strategies because of this ability to remarket. And, you know, remarketing is all about frequency, which it was one of the first things I loved. The first day I cracked open an ad manager account, I was just like, there's frequency. Um, which never existed on any of my Google AdWords. And I thought it was really funny. It was, only, it, was, it, was only, it was only like three months later that Google also started to include that data. So I thought that was kind of funny. But 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 his frequency is so important, right? It's like I and, and, and dealers understand this because if they've ever run a radio ad or a commercial ad or a TV ad, they understand frequency is everything. You're not going to just run an ad out there one time. That one, that one message, that one shot is never going to do anything. So you have to maintain frequency. So we've been able to kind of I would say kind of half-ass our way through creative because we can because we can kind of lay back or rely on this frequency of our remarketing to continue to stay top of mind with the consumer. Now that's going to disappear, which means our creative game is going to have to step up in a huge way. What are your thoughts? That's kind of my theory. Well, not only your creative game, and I fully agree with you on on, on creative. I've been. Uh, Listen, I have 20 years in, in, me, in the media business, in, in the automotive space, right? And, and you could have the greatest media plan of all time, hyper-focused on this audience and that and know exactly who they are. If you have horrendous, horrendous creative, it's not going to work. Creative is, is one of the most important aspects That's of the totally media. totally true. Right? It, it's so true, right? And, 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 and so not only creative, but your media plan, your media mix that the dealership is running. I'm not focused on Facebook right here. I'm not even focused on digital. It's everything the dealership buys as a whole. Yeah, all of those touch points, every single little one. And here's the thing, and I've been saying this for years, media platforms do not work in a silo. They work together. Facebook drives search, TV drives search, 
radio might drive. It all works together. So we have to stop measuring in a silo because we're making poor financial decisions of what we're buying. And listen, again, every general manager, every dealer principal knows this, especially if you've gone through GM training, right? Which is you have three main expenses that define the majority of your profitability. Payroll, people, that's always going to be every company's number Oh, 100%, one. always. Advertising and marketing, which most internet managers have no idea. Most marketing people in the dealership have no idea because they don't care. That's, that's true, unfortunately. Right? And your floor plan, right? You manage those three correctly, that will define your profitability of exactly the dealership. Exactly how successful so what, you're going to be. So what you buy and how you buy your media, 100% to try it defines your profitability. As a, as a Facebook rep, but what I try to do is be more of a consultant when we present in the beginning, which is, man, you got to understand that. I used to have a slide, Jason, that, that brought up a pie chart of an example media plan. And I used nice. to say, listen, the first thing you need to know is, do you know what you're buying? Right? Like the, if you're a GM, do you, you have a list. I can't tell you how many GMs <laughs> principals came up to me afterwards and said, man, you punched me in the face. Like I have not, I was texting my marketing people or my GM. I want a list of everything I'm buying marketing wise, how much it costs and what you think the ROI is. But Bob, isn't that not insane? I mean, doesn't that just not blow your mind that these are the people that are responsible for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of annual spend is that they don't even necessarily know off the top of their head what the hell is being spent out there. Sorry, I digress. It's just one of those things that just really get me going. Listen, here's what here's something that COVID also brought to the table in a positive way for the business, right? They didn't have to care because the manufacturer was supplementing their profits through incentives, right? So and, and co-op programs, right? So they didn't have to care, right? They they were making money based based on the incentives that were they were getting back. But what COVID forced them to care is to look at their expenses because those incentives went away. And now exactly. they have yep. to rely on their own. To understand, and with advertising and marketing being the second largest expense, they had the, they were forced to review it. They had to get serious and, about it. And you know that I, I, nothing positive, uh, 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 you know, nothing positive economically, nothing positive uh, uh, humanitarian wise has come out of COVID uh, at all. If I could go no, back, no, look, I I hundred percent agree with you on that. But what positive did come out of it in the auto retail space is once they started evaluating, they started to buy smarter or not buy. Maybe they said, I don't need to buy this. Well, let's, let's talk about a little bit about, about, about buying smarter because, you know, I mean, I've been asked to build attribution models for years. More, more recently, it has been a huge topic. And, you know, to your point, Bob, I'm kind of in line with you. I don't believe it's a singular source. You know, it's like, I, I can't, like, I'm not going to attribute a, a single source to bringing in a lead or generating a phone call or something along that lines. Unfortunately, there's a lot of agents, agencies out there that want to focus on this, you know, last click attribution. And that is where you got to be spending their money. You know, when it comes to, to, to smart spend or smart buying, I guess your word smart buying, you know, it's, you have to understand it's, it's a collective thing. Okay. All right. And each and, and every single, um, touch point being Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or AdWords or print, 
uh, email or text message or regular story, like all these different touch points all serve all serve a, por- a purpose. And, you know, maybe this one doesn't necessarily drive that last click attribution, but it supports. So that, that's one thing I got to say. I, it, there's a danger there. And that I've been seeing that danger consistently lately because people keep focusing on last click attribution. Have you seen the same thing? Listen, I'll just be bold. If you're a dealership and you solely rely on class last click attribution as your sole success metric, okay, you're doing it absolutely wrong and you're costing your dealership profits because you cannot do that, right? Because last click does not tell the entire story. We have research. This platform search is driven by other platforms, right? It creates the consideration, the intent. Now you give this, I've said this in thousands of presentations. If you strongly believe class last click attribution is the sole success success metric that you should follow, <laughs> then only buy search because there's plenty of it to buy. And if that that's going to be your best last click, but they don't do that. Nobody does that because no. they know. Because they, they just don't want to admit it. Here's why we go there. Because again, most people in the marketing positions at a dealership aren't marketers or salespeople. So they need to say, right, just like they did in sales. Well, I made 100 phone calls. I average a 5% close rate. So the more phone calls I make, the more sales I make. Okay, well, that doesn't work in marketing, actually. That's no, actually the same philosophy. So, you, you know, being able to look at a spreadsheet and say, oh, conversions, VDP views, et cetera, is easy. And we can fake a correlation. A pro- it's a proxy. Exactly. But what we want to do at Facebook, which we can do at Facebook, is we want to match back to a sale. We can literally tell a dealer, here's how much money you spent on our platform. Here's how many people you reached. And out of those people that you reached, click or no click, here's how many came in and purchased from you or, or uh, uh, service their uh, vehicle via an RO. So we can at least give them real ROL. And there isn't one, I'll tell you, there isn't one dealer principle I haven't run into that every month says, what were my expenses? How many yep, cars did you That equals a margin. That equals profit. So what, anything else in between is noise. You know, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded today how many dealerships I walk into that have been doing business with, you know, Facebook and Instagram for a while and have never even heard of offline conversions. It, like, like agencies, like... I give agencies a hard time, you know, maybe because I was a dealer principal at one point, you know, just, I, I got to be honest, I see a lot of stupid crap going on out there, right? You know, charging dealers a percentage of their ad spend. So if something's successful, they just get charged more, but there was no additional work done. Like agencies not willing to actually take the time to download a customer database and upload it so they can actually provide an offline conversion report. Like I don't, I, I think a lot of dealers don't even realize that Facebook can do this. You, you know, it was our mission a couple of years ago when the team got started, which which was, hey, we need to become the source of truth from here on out, not not the partner network. And listen, we value partners greatly, especially those that do it correctly in the in the way it needs to be done. We do not value partners that aren't doing it correctly and aren't selling Facebook and Instagram correctly. I'll just be honest with you, you know, to go back to your question on why they don't present offline conversions or why they don't present Facebook attribution, which is our Google analytics on steroids and, and why they don't present how you can do CRM remarketing is because they can't make any money off of it. 
right? They have to look at their portfolio of products and That's say, so okay, true. where am I going to make most of my money? <laughs> yep. Listen, it's facts. I, I'm not bashing them by any means. That's okay. I will. But- but but that's that is the reason, right? And and unfortunately, that is hurting us, and we have to figure out solutions on how to how to how to overcome the fact that our product is not being sold or being represented revenue wise correctly, um, and and we're only getting our small portion because they want to sell them more profitable. Well, one hundred percent. And I think what you said was literally you hit the nail right on the head. It's being represented correctly it's not being represented correctly okay like you know look there's still thousands of agencies out there that are basing their uh, the way they charge dealerships on cpms yeah you know yeah. like you buy a cpm for up 25 dollars like are you kidding me like i think we've moved past that about 10 years ago like there's just there's so much out there and i just feel like you know how about we do this real quick because i know we're running out of time here um give me um, maybe your top two or top three, all right, uh, things that you look for in a good partner. I'm going to call it partner, a marketing partner, not necessarily an agency. What are the two or three things that you're looking for that you would recommend to dealerships? First and foremost, understands media, not necessarily Facebook or uh, vendor A, B, and C, or search, but understands the role media has on a, on the impact of a business, okay? And that's both traditional, digital, social. I don't even know why we call it social anymore because we're the world's largest media platform, but nonetheless, right? Like, understands media. Secondly, understands what full funnel marketing means, right? That's the that truth is, there. If you're going in and only selling VDP advertising, right? And that's all you sell, like (laughs) we got a problem because the VDP advertising isn't the only thing that's going to sell the car as we talked about in the beginning of of the podcast. So what I try to work on with our partners is that, hey, you shouldn't ask for one cent from a dealer until you understand everything they're already doing. Right, like, how do you know you can even fit into to what? You actually might look worse if you try to put yourself into the existing media plan because of the way they're existing, or you might be able to look better once you understand everything that 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 is as being had. I work with an agency, and I won't I won't say the name who it is, but I, I really appreciate this. And uh, here's the story: I walked into their office and. There's a business card uh, hanging on the wall, and it's the first business card that <laughs> dad who founded the agency had. And it's funny because if you reverse the business card, he was actually a radio salesperson first. And he walked into a dealership, and the dealership's, man, I got no marketing. I don't even have a person. And and this person said, well, I'll become it. And he turned his business card around and you know, put his last name and then advertising. <laughs> That's cool. But here's what he did. This is what I this is where I gained so much respect for this, for this agency. He said, look, I... I can't do any form of marketing for you, put anything together until I understand your financials. That is so incredibly important. I mean, you really have to understand the operations and what their goals are. I mean, like, like I got to, I know I'm going to let you go, but it's, I have to jump in here because you're, this is such a big and important one, right? Like, like if, if you don't understand what the dealership's operational goals and objectives are, then you're just marketing for the sake of marketing and you're creating media for the sake of creating media. Like, it's like you really, like I spend, you know, you'd be amazed. I probably spend more time as, as an agency discussing people's operational goals and objectives and prof and 
uh, profitable goals and objectives than I do actually ever talking about the media, creative, or strategies that go behind it. Because as an agency, the better I understand, the better I can serve that client. And it, I, I'm with you. This is that. That's a big one for me. If your agency doesn't ask you for that or is not interested in knowing that, then they're just interested in just selling yep. you se selling you ads and moving on. They're interested in their margin, not yours. Hundred percent. So I have a counterpart in India, actually, and 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 he sent me this, and I thought this really summed it up. He he said, Bob, we have a saying here in India: um, if you give a dealer a lead, they'll respect you. Respect you. If you help them grow prof profitability, they'll give you their devotion. Right, and and, and that's it awesome. Great sense, right? Like, oh, thanks for the lead. I appreciate it. But wow, you made you helped me make money. Like, right? Tell you, like, <laughs> this is how it works. So, listen, we could have a whole podcast on just the sale, right? And, and and right, we shouldn't be buying products. We should be buying strategies, or at least execute products. Simply fulfill strategies, right? We need to understand what the goals of the dealerships are. Like you said, obviously, it's the sell. It's to sell. Don't get me wrong, but you need to understand their current infrastructure before you can even present anything in my opinion no 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 i'm 100 with you really creative first or sorry strategy first creative second right you know it's uh you know creative without strategy is just art and there's a lot of agencies out there that are artistic uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't use a four-letter word. I found another word to describe them. <laughs> but, you know, but but literally, strategy with creative, now that's marketing. Like, that. that's that's getting deep into it. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for taking the time today. Everyone who's watching and listening to this, I hope, you know, there's some great takeaways from there. But really, at the core, understand that, like, your Facebook, your Facebook marketing efforts is not a singular strategy. There are easily four or five different strategies that need to be deployed um, in there. There are so many opportunities to target different audiences at different points of the sale. You just you got to take the time to really educate yourself. Uh, Bob, before I let you go, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to kind of connect with you, what what's the best way to connect with you? Believe it or not, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I tend to post <laughs> a great deal of, of information on LinkedIn. You do. Also, um, that's that's me personally. Also, we have a uh, an external Facebook group that we put together uh, a couple months ago for dealers to talk to each other. It's called Facebook Auto Marketing Collective. So Facebook Auto Marketing Collective. Search for it on Facebook. Uh, ask the join and listen, you all can talk to each other and we love to, we love to watch and learn what you all are saying and what your, your needs are. That is, that is so awesome. That's really cool. You guys are doing it. Hey, thanks again uh, for taking the time to jam with me today, Bob. Um, I, we definitely could probably do at least two or three more hours of this. So I, I appreciate your time. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.